The Digital Lifestyle presents TDO Mobile, show number 102 for Thursday, February 9th, 2012. I'm Jose Ortiz. And I'm Jason Coombs. How you doing, Jace? Yeah, I'm good, thanks very much. Yeah, very, very good. How about yourself? You're pretty good. We're, we're actually getting two two shows in a row now, huh? Yep, we're back on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hopefully we Although, can keep uh, it going. We, uh, we seem to have been shunned by our two other hosts, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know... Uh, John's been moving, and I think he finally got uh, got his uh, modem from uh, uh, who? Who was he waiting on the on, on the modem for? Was it BT? Um, I'm not sure. I don't, don't think he said. He just said he was he was waiting for it. I wonder whether or not he decided to go with um, Sky or something. Yeah, but uh, I think he finally got it. Um, so he finally is back on the internet's. <laughs> but uh, in, but it was <laughs> back in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. But uh I think um it was a bit short notice, so uh hopefully he'll get all set up this week and he'll be able to join us back next week. And uh Sheldon, what can we say about Sheldon? He's just a busy, busy guy. Yeah, um, well he was hoping so... to join us but um last minute, although he's promised next week, so we shall see. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll play it by ear. Uh, in the I, meantime, uh, I think I said in my email to him that uh, I think he's too embarrassed because really he's uh, he's actually switched to BlackBerry. Yeah, what was that about? Was that because of <laughs> uh, signature on there? <laughs> uh, no, I just no, I was just uh, just trying to wind him up, trying to get a response. Oh, okay. but, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, did, he didn't even back. didn't even warrant a response yeah. from him. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the truth hurt. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, we got we have a a, a few stories to cover. Not, nothing uh, major this week. Well, I shouldn't say major, but uh, not too much going on this week, especially because we we just put out um, 101. But um, one thing that has happened since uh, last time we spoke was um, Chrome beta for Android came out. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah I saw that news breaking this week that they were planning on releasing that, and I understand I think it went out today. Yeah, um, pretty awesome. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the idea of, of, of Chrome on Android, I, I think, was more about um, having, uh, I guess, synchronicity across multiple platforms, right? Uh, th- those times where... You're at your computer and you have to leave, and you kind of wish you could just take the the web page with you instead of having to like email yourself a link or something like that. Um, and yeah. I think that's that's one of the nice things that uh, WebOS has touched to share feature was supposed to be cool, right? That you can be ringing on your phone, get home, and then just tap it on the touchpad, and boom, you have it on on a larger screen. Um, but um, I, I think that's definitely one of the best features of Chrome for Android, which is that it, it syncs with um, the Chrome browser for your desktop. Um, and, you know, I just I just tried it out right now in terms of popping up another tab on, on my Windows 7 PC on Chrome, and within a couple of seconds, that tab popped up on, on my Galaxy Nexus. Um, it, 
it's seamless. It's it's awesome. I mean, it, you know, being able to to have that, and you know, let's say after this, I, I leave. I have uh, the Sony NEX Seven review that I'm, that that I'm kind of halfway done reading. Um, I don't have to wait till I get back to finish reading it. I just go to to Chrome on Android, and uh, you know, look at look at my tabs there. Uh, be able to pull it up uh, immediately. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly makes <clears throat> perfect sense to have that. That common rendering engine across all all the devices, you know, particularly with, you know, Ian's got his uh, is it the Galaxy Note? Um, yep. You know, screen sizes are, are, are getting bigger even on mobile devices, and you know, if you can have that, you know, that same rendering engine, given that many websites um, still don't necessarily have a, a mobile specific version, and and actually as you know your screen sizes increase, actually, why is there a need for a mobile version? Um, so you know, rather than trying to maintain two different uh, say rendering engines and having websites looking slightly different when actually they you know they should look exactly the same i think it just just makes perfect sense to have that common commonality across all the devices yeah it's it's definitely neat. i mean and the overall navigation uh of it is pretty nice too in terms of you know how you go to the windows um the you get this kind of cards like view kind of like web os um you have incognito tabs, just like desktop Chrome. Um, you know, I mean, you know what type of activity you're trying to hide when you go there. But um, <laughs> it's buying your girlfriend an engagement ring, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. But no, but it's it's actually uh, pretty awesome. Um, uh, just the the navigation, it, it's really fast too. That that's what uh, kind of blew me away. I mean, it's. It, it works just like um, Chrome on the desktop, and uh, the way it, it does the sync actually, it, it actually it shows you whatever devices you have open. So let's say you have um, desktop at home, a laptop at work, um, and and your Android device, and you left Chrome running at home on your desktop, and you had a couple tabs open there. You have uh, a couple tabs open on your work laptop. And when you fire up um, Chrome, you just go to – when you do a new tab, you can actually uh, go to uh, an option called Other Devices, and it'll basically list any device that you have uh, Chrome running on. So in this case, it would list your your home desktop and your work laptop, and it'll show you what tabs are open on each one of those devices. Um so it's pretty awesome, and it's, it, of course, it's all done through your through your uh, Google account sign-on. So you do have to sync it with a specific uh, Google account, um, but it's it's really neat. I'm I'm really really liking it so far. Um, I mean, I, I didn't even hesitate in making it my default uh, web browser um, in, instead of the the, the stock Android one. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea, definitely. I, uh, <clears throat> I haven't got anything to try out on, but if I had, I'd probably take a look, even though I'm, you know, an Internet Explorer user. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, that that's the news, and we'll see what comes of that. It's still in beta, uh, though it's it works. Uh, awesome. I mean, I'm sure there's bugs here and there. Uh, nothing I've come across. 
but um, it's on the Android market available for download. So if you have an uh, Android device, go ahead and, and give it a shot. All right, and uh, moving on to some RIM news. I guess there's uh, uh, RIM has been showing off some Playbook 2.0 stuff, huh? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, the kind of surprising in two ways, really. One, given the, how poor the sales of, of their first um, Playbook, you know, they're forever cutting the cost of it. And, and also, I guess, um, given that really it hasn't necessarily been out all that long, um, but then, yeah, they've started talking about features um, at the uh, BlackBerry DevCon. Um, what they're planning to put into the new one, and um, we'll see if it does any better. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I somehow doubt it. Think, um, um, yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, over the email at this time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh man. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know. It, it just feels like Rim is. I mean, obviously, RIM is on the ropes at this point. Um, it's. I wonder how long it's going to take before it it takes it has to take a, the same route that Nokia did. Yeah, actually, I apologize. Actually, it's not. Um, sorry, it's not new hardware. It's uh, the new operating system. Um, yeah. But uh, I see there's a few kind of um, WebOS type features, like there's something they're calling Bridge 2.0. Um, where you can display apps and pictures from the phone onto the bigger playbook screen. Um, so I guess I guess in many ways it's only natural really that, that you know WebOS had so many good good concepts and ideas as we've talked about before. So hopefully they'll you know find homes on other um, platforms as as people kind of take those good ideas and and integrate them into their own. Yeah. Um, I really don't have much to say about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I say it was. Uh, it's been a, since we had the show earlier on in the week. It's been uh, been pretty slow news since. Uh, so I thought I'd throw it in there for something just to uh, laugh about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's, that's the comic highlight of the week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, um, all right, what yeah, else do we the, have? Um, the only other thing I had was, um, which I know we kind of briefly touched on last week, but it was just to just to really revisit it again a little bit. That um, obviously there's some rumours about Windows Phone 8, and that it might be um, supporting some different uh, a multitude of screen resolutions as opposed to the standard 480 by 800 that Windows Phone 7 uses. And uh, there was a, a slide lifted from uh, a Nokia presentation that shows. Um, you know, kind of today and what they expect to have tomorrow. And it just looks like some interesting um, uh, designs in terms of front-facing keyboards and, and even up to what could be interpreted as a as a 7-inch tablet, whether or not, you know, there are no... I said before Windows 8 was announced that it would kind of make sense to take the Windows Phone OS and, and use it on a tablet-type device like, you know, like Android does to a, to a certain extent, even more so with Ice Cream Sandwich and... Um, uh, iOS does on on the iPad, but um, it could be interesting that maybe the Windows Phone um, 8, if it is built on the Windows 8 kernel, could in fact be powering, you know, smaller five, maybe five seven inch tablets. But I also 
<clears throat> have a slight reservation given that I know how difficult it can be to program apps. I know Gary was talking about this just the other week on the Digital Lifestyle Show about trying to program for Android devices when you've got so many different resolutions. So there's a, a little bit of apprehension for me as well that maybe we'll, we'll get to that same point. But I think Windows Phone as an operating system is, is well placed to stop that um, from becoming a fragmentation issue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, another one would be, you know, I'd quite like to see Windows Phone on, on like a, on a, um, a note type size, you know, a five inch screen. Um, I think in some ways it's quite constrained on that, on that tiny screen. Um, I think it could be capable of so much more, but not necessarily on a device where you'd necessarily want a full blown Windows 8 operating system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still on the fence on whether or not that strategy is going to work out, you know, that, that, um, kind of all-in-one OS. Um, it, you know, it almost feels like Microsoft hasn't learned from their previous mistakes and, and not trying to develop something, uh, separate. But, um, that being said, you know, people, what people have seen of Windows 8 has been fairly positive. So, um, I'll have to try it out myself. Yeah. But, um, that being said, I mean, it's good to see that they are taking that into consideration, right? So they, they, they will build in those specs um, into the OS to be able to uh, have it be a little more scalable. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that Windows Phone does need, um, you know, a, a, nice, a nice HD resolution screen. Um, you know, I think the, from what I've seen, particularly moving down to the um, <clears throat> the Illumia 800, you know, it does show that it's a shame that there isn't different resolutions for different devices. But just to come back to what you were saying, I think my my take on Windows 8 being the basis for Windows Phone is that it will really be kind of the at the kernel level. So it will still be Windows Phone, an operating system. It won't be Windows 8, um, but it will share the same kernel, So, which for me makes sense because it means I haven't got to rewrite things like the networking stack, um, socket stack, things like that. So I, I don't necessarily think that they'll completely replace Windows Phone with Windows 8, but I think it will share... Uh, certainly from what's been rumored and talked about that it will share the kernel which which i think makes sense you know why why reinvent the wheel when you've got the basics there right exactly and I, I mean i certainly would be really disappointed if they did replace the windows phone os with um a, a shrunk down windows 8 because i think like like you said um, <laughs> and we've said many times before that's that's not worked and i don't think it would work if they did it again but i think having having uh, a an evolution of Windows Phone 7, um, but on top of the the Windows 8 kernel, just would would be the right direction, I think, to have that commonality of code and maybe even make the update process cleaner and smoother. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, did we talk about uh, on 101 uh, about uh, the Zoom desktop app going away? I don't think we did. I think that might have broken after we recorded. Um well, it was it was part of the the Windows Phone eight details that had that had uh, leaked, yeah. which I know we did cover that, but I just don't remember us talking about the. Yeah, I don't think we. Um, the Zoom desktop it, app going away. Yeah, I think at that point um, there'd been some details about Windows Phone eight, but I don't think at that point that details about Windows eight had had broken when we when we caught up last week. Um, yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is I was I was on uh, on TDL show yesterday actually, um, and and we talked about that and 
and how the the Zoom desktop app is is going away. Uh, Sync client, not Zoom PC. Yeah, it was actually part of the details that we went over. I just I just don't think we actually touched on it on, on 102. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. I mean, <clears throat> they're saying that Zoom PC software is going away. It doesn't necessarily mean that the that the you know PC tethering is going away. Um, I, I think that there were mentions of um, Windows Mobility Center um, kind of picking up that slack and being beefed up a little bit more to to compensate for some of those pieces. Um, I mean, you know how I feel about having to to tether to to a desktop PC, but uh, not sure if what your take on um, you know the loss of of Zoom is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like. I quite like the Zoom software. Um, having said that, trying to use it on the Iconia um, with Windows 8 is just, you know, it's an it's an awful touch experience. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think in many ways, particularly with the, the move to you know cloud storage, you know, as as Android has done and iOS has done, I think I think it's good they're going to try and break away from having it tethered to a single piece of software. Um, and I think I'm just trying to find it as well that I think in some of the, the Windows Phone 8 um, rumors that broke last week, and again we didn't really touch on this, is was they were talking about um, tetherless experience, which was I think all part of this the fact that Zoom PC software was going away, and I think there was um, that was it. There was a part of this leaked video um, that um, was seen by it wasn't WP Central, was it? It was. Was it Windows Mobile Experts, I think? Um, anyway, that Joe Balfiori had talked about um, having maybe music synced straight from um, the cloud via um, SkyDrive to the point where you would never need to tether the phone to a device. It literally, you could walk into a shop, buy the device, um, start using it, and have all your music available with it never even syncing with a PC. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, that's brilliant news. Um, I'm not particularly bothered about having to tether my phone, but I totally see your argument and think it's definitely the way forward that a, a phone should be um, able to operate as a completely standalone device. You should, you know, if you're the sort of person. Oh, okay, that... so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Why doesn't it bother you that you have to tether your phone to the, to to your desktop? Even let let's take away the 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 media piece. Uh, let's take the media piece off the table, right? So. Uh, media management, I can see how it could be easier to to manage your media and, and, and sync and stuff. But let, let's take the media piece away because obviously the way that media is moving, I, I think that's naturally going to happen. But why doesn't it bother you that you have to wait until you get home, hook up to a computer where you have this application installed? It, it can't be just any computer. It has to be a computer. You already have this app, this program installed on it that you've already hooked it up to and set it up before in order to update your phone or even, you know, in order to, uh, well, let, let's leave it there in order to update your phone. Why doesn't that bother you? Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> on the one hand, I know we weren't going to go into media, but I mean, my media syncs wirelessly. So I, le- I have to charge the phone up overnight every night. So um, anything that I want um, that isn't already on the phone gets synced wirelessly overnight. So I don't have to plug it in. Using a USB cable, um, but in terms well, of the update, but you still have to have you still need to have Zoom on your computer and, and, and yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I I accept that's still a form of tethering, though. 
Yes, it is. Um, I mean, to be honest, most of the content I want to add is, is podcasts. So I could get around that using third-party apps. Um, or uh-huh. if we had the podcast marketplace in the UK, um, again, I could subscribe to podcasts and, and download new episodes over the air without any tethering whatsoever. Um, in fact, without having to ever tether it. So I think in some ways that although your music and whatnot, um, it's easier to do it with a tether once it's tethered, um, you know, there are ways around it. But in terms of the update process, I think the reason, the main reason why it doesn't bother me is that it's it's so infrequent that you actually need to do it. I think where it becomes frustrating, and I would wholeheartedly agree, is when you don't know whether or not your phone is due an update or not. I think, that, and with Microsoft even withdrawing their, window, their Windows Phone updates pages, it's even more in the dark whether or not, you know, you do an update. I mean, I'm still waiting for the 8107 on my Omnia 7, which has that's been the most refreshing thing about having the Nokia is because it's, a, it's an unlocked phone. It just, you know, I happened to, to plug it in to charge it up and, uh, and away it went and did the update, so... So no, I, mean, I think the reason why it doesn't doesn't bother me is that because I have to do it so infrequently. But I would also um, quite happily um, embrace not having to do that. But see, that that still surprises me, though, the fact that now that you've experienced that through uh, that Nokia update that you, they had the Lumia 800, that that doesn't you know even just push you a little bit more towards being on my end of the spectrum which is i mean my end of the spectrum is rage so i wouldn't i wouldn't wouldn't expect you to get over to rage but (laughs) you know at at least some you know i'll I'll be a little bothered (laughs) i think you know it's i mean it's it's i guess it's kind of all i've known really i mean particularly with windows windows mobile it didn't have any wireless synchronization or anything the only way you could you know pretty much unless you had an exchange server the only way you could um, keep your email in sync was direct synchronization with a PSD file, which you had to tether it. <laughs> so um, I think I've just kind of grown up with that limitation. So, you know, not having known any different, but. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we both, I, mean, I know we both grew up uh, at a point in time where the internet wasn't what it is now. That doesn't mean that we didn't say, hey, it could be better. Yeah, I'm not just being that it could be better. And, you know, if, if Windows Phone 8 supports that, then you know fantastic and maybe with the with the windows 8 kernel um making the servicing a, a windows um pc type experience that um it, you know it won't be necessary to do this um tethering so yeah it'd be fantastic i just hope that but you're saying that basically it, it's not enough to deter you from using windows phone basically no, and and also I guess it just gives me that that comfort level that that before the phone updates to the next release or the next update that there's a backup I can revert to stored on the PC. So, which you wouldn't be able to do if it was purely over the air. Uh, well, I guess there is ways to do it, but um, it would still need some way of kind of storing the backup on the device. And when, particularly with my Omnia Seven only having eight gigabytes of storage, you know, I'm I'm already having to micromanage well, what, that space. What? Uh, why would you need a backup? <laughs> Do you not remember Nodo? <laughs> oh, but see, that's a Windows Phone problem. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. But um... see, so I mean that you need a backup because there's a problem with Windows Phone. You don't need a backup because it's an over-the-air update. It's because of how Windows Phone manages its updates. 
Yes, although I mean, there's always that risk, isn't there, that that a, that a device might lock up halfway through the the update process, or that not might... really. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I think with any device, I think there's always that risk that something. I mean, I, well, my personal opinion is that flashing a ROM is, you know, one of the most dangerous things. I mean, blowing when you used to flash a new ROM to uh, oh, very, Windows Mobile, very, very it was um, you had to. Click about ten. Oh yeah, steps. you had to make sure you had full battery. <laughs> yeah, you had to have full battery. And tick this box and are you really plugged sure? in? I I completely agree. However, that was flashing a full ROM, right? I mean, the same thing happens if you flash a new ROM onto an Android device. Uh, you know, you unlock the bootloader, and then you flash a whole new ROM. But these updates, they're not. That's not what they're doing. They're not flashing ROMs. They're in place updates that are you know are are minor changes to the to the core update it's it's not wiping the flash memory as a whole and then putting an entirely new uh os on there um they're in place upgrades which is why you get to there's no uh damage to your data and actually which is why you don't need the backups right because it doesn't it doesn't affect your user data the way that it used to in our days when we used to update our, our windows phones you know, we knew that all of our data was going to be gone. We knew that we we're going to have to set up Exchange again. We have to set up, uh, you know, our contacts and calendars and all that again because you're wiping it. Now, these are in-place upgrades. These are in-place updates that happen seamlessly. Yeah, well, though, I think prior to version 5, iOS was a complete wipe and reinstall, wasn't it? Which is why, yeah. which is yeah, why, exactly. had, why it had to do the backup and then restore the apps and, and everything afterwards. So. <clears throat> Exactly, and now it's now it's Delta changes, now it's Delta updates, which is why it doesn't need to do the backups anymore. Yeah, which I guess and why is what we've done over here already. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do agree that it, it's a nice thing to have, but for the moment, it really doesn't bother me. My um, and I'm generally at my desk at work, and I've got my uh, Windows phone is is it's um, tethered to my laptop, so it's just not a hassle to plug it in every now and again. Ah, oh, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you know, if it was if it was updates every other day, then yeah, I'm sure it would become become tedious. But uh, but it's not about that. It's it's about it's about doing things right. It's about living free and <laughs> yeah, it's it's about doing things right. Right. It, it's one of those things where uh, you know, it's I'm one of those people where it it, it might you know if. Let's say my phone gets a, a little nick, or my my uh, yeah. Let's say my phone has this little tiny nick that you can't even see it unless you hold it up close to your nose and <laughs> you know really inspect it and hold it at the right angle. It's like you know, well, it's not really there. Yes, but but the problem is I know it's there, right? <laughs> and and I know I know that 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 there's a flaw there, and, and just because it, it doesn't. Uh, manifests itself in in you know such a, a visual manner doesn't mean that it's not wrong doesn't mean that it it can't be fixed it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be fixed um, yeah. that that's that's where it, where all of this comes from it, it's it's the need for constant improvement and and I feel like I mean Microsoft is, you know keeps talking about how they want to be a player in the game well if you want to be a player in the game you need to play the game uh, and and they're not doing that. These these little things are holding them back. I mean, come on, they can't even support encrypted uh, exchange servers, which they run. 
Well, they can't. They can. They with, create. Um, this is their technology. Well, they, it does support it with um, the rights management with Exchange Server, but not not full device encryption, which again is supposed to be coming Windows Phone eight. But I mean, I, I will definitely concede that the the one frustration I do have is that Windows Phone, um, from everything I've I've read from back before it was released to since it was released, is Windows Phone seven is supposed to support over the air updates. So it's kind of disappointing that they've never used that, but I think they've got so many issues with the phones, particularly with the, you know, come back to the Focus 1.4, that um, I think maybe they've just shied away from it. Yeah, um, uh, they made a lot of promises with Windows Phone 7 that they didn't follow through on, such as not having to go through operators to get updates <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, which is still frustrating. That was one of the more ridiculous yeah. ones, yeah. Which I still wish I was on uh, on that show when you got I forgot uh, what his name is. You guys had uh, somebody from from the Microsoft uh, Windows oh, Phone yeah, team, and that's, that, I was going to grill him on that. And I remember listening to that show. I was like, "Why are you guys letting this go?" <laughs> yeah, that was the that grill was the him. Although, although to be fair to him, he's um, he's responsible for developer experience. So actually, he didn't have any information on on the update process or, or the carrier involvement. So I think, yeah, we did go lightly on him, but I think we, we, we hadn't really appreciated before we got him on the show. But um, I did actually meet him again um, just before Christmas when I went down and met Gary at the, at the Windows um, uh, phone user group. Um, and, and he's definitely more on the developer side and supporting developers. And he's one of the, um, he's one of the, the people that kind of sends out the phones to people that are showing um, a, right. a dedication to developing for the platform. He's responsible for making sure they've got phone devices, that they've got all the tools they need, and, and access to all the documentation. So, so to be fair to him, he wasn't the right guy to to, to really grill. But, um, and actually, that reminds me. Actually, when I spoke to him, he said he would come back on the show. So we, we must organise that. Cool. So, yeah, no, it'd be good to get it'd be good to to get rid of the, the requirement for a specific set of software that is just built into the operating system, and it'd be even nicer to move beyond that and and it not even require any kind of tethering. Yeah, I mean, I s- still, it needs to get. There. I still think that the the death of the Zoom brand is a shame because I think it's I think it's a, a a good name for a brand. I think you know the Zoom phone would have been so much better than the Windows phone as a description of the operating system. Yeah, I mean the Zoom Media Player was amazing. I still have mine; it's awesome. But um, yeah, it, it'll it'll be gone. I guess it's it's now just Windows Phone all the way. But we'll see. Um, it, it looks like we finally have a date for the Windows 8 Consumer Preview. <laughs> yes. Well, they promised it by late February, and uh, February the twenty ninth is very late February. I really, I, I don't, I don't think it gets any <laughs> yeah, later than that. I don't think they can afford to get any later than that. But I, I'm actually really disappointed with that. I, I really thought that um, it would, it would be the week before, at least, you know, if not middle of February. Um, I really thought that they were just using end of end of February as a kind of a safety net, and well, maybe they've needed that safety net. But I think the last day of of February is um, a bit disappointing in terms of having to wait that bit bit longer. But um, but also, <laughs> I think it's interesting that they're choosing the uh, Mobile World Congress as the uh, event to unveil it. Yeah, that that was definitely uh, 
interesting. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, well, it, it kind of just shows the direction that they're they're trying to take Windows 8 in, right? The way that they tried to market Windows 8. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping they'll also talk about Windows Phone 8, although I guess, I mean, certainly following the previous trends, Windows Phone 7 was unveiled in 2010, Mango in 2011, but I guess the risk is that they kill off enthusiasm. But, uh, but yeah, no, it definitely shows that Windows 8 is being, um, you know, marked as a, a mobile operating system, um, albeit with its desktop sitting underneath, whether or not that will still be there with ARM. It's still being openly debated on all the social networks. And um, the only thing I do find interesting is Microsoft made this big deal about we're not going to unveil the Windows 8 preview or beta at CES because we're not going to be held to a schedule that meets with an event that we're not that's not kind of set by our own timescales. And here they are <laughs> unveiling it at another at another event that they have no control over when it is. <laughs> So I, yeah, I think that kind of shows that that was a little bit of an excuse that they that they just couldn't make the dates. And I mean, I really thought there was going to be some big Microsoft event unveiled, but no, they're they're going for MWC. So be uh, lots to talk about that week, I think. Yep, definitely. Um, but you know, speaking of Windows 8, I I recently I don't know how I got into this or pulled into this, but um, I, I'm kind of wanting to pick up a, a Windows 7 tablet PC now um, kind of to to do what, what you did with the Iconia, which is, you know, slap Windows 8 on there uh, once this consumer preview comes out and, you know, have a play with it, play around with it. Um, I Well, actually, I, I'll tell you, I know exactly what happened now that I think about it. <laughs> Oh no! It was actually the other way around. I came across the keyboards because of the tablet. Uh, okay, so side note: this is a, a little side story. So I have been searching for what I've called the perfect keyboard for a while now, right? I have because I, I work from home and I have a setup where I have a, a dual monitor setup. However, during the day, I have one monitor dedicated to my personal laptop, basically one monitor dedicated to my work laptop. And so I have I have both of them in the same space, which means uh, and, and the work laptop is encrypted. It's it's a company device. I can't I can't really install anything on it. Um, <clears throat> that would allow me to use one keyboard and one mouse to control both, right? And I don't want a hardware solution either. So <clears throat> um, I have a limited amount of space, right? So I, I have a pretty wide desk, but even then, putting two full size keyboards next to each other gets too crammed. Can't really do that. Um, so I had to resort to the Apple wireless keyboards, the, the Bluetooth ones, you know, because they're so small in profile, perfect for what I need them. Issue is that they are Apple, therefore the keys are all funky and inverted and, you know, there's a function key where the control key should be. <laughs> um, and on my work laptop, that that hindered me a lot because I would have to adjust to this new keyboard layout um, especially when I'm trying to do SQL coding or even just basic stuff in Excel, copy and paste became a hassle. Um, so I, I installed um, AutoHotKey, I think it's called. Is it AutoHotKeys? Give me one second. Let's see, I think it's AutoHotKey, uh, which is a software solution, basic key, keyboard remapping. And I was able to remap the keys on the Apple Wireless keyboard. But since it's a software solution, 
it wouldn't always work, right? So I'd be holding down the function key, which it would translate as control. But if I held it down for too long, it would stop reading it and it would get all jacked up. But I've, I've dealt with it for over a year now. I want to say a year and a half, maybe even close to two years. As I was looking through these tablets, the one I was really considering, and I'm still really considering, is the the Samsung uh, Slate PC. Uh, Samsung Series Seven Slate, I think it's called. Yeah, that's the one that the um, a, a slightly a slight variant of it was the the Windows Eight Build tablet. A build, given out. yeah, exactly, exactly. That that's why I started looking at that one actually because I knew that's the one that that uh, they had given out a build. So I figured, hey, what better reference hardware than the hardware that they gave out a build? <laughs> I think um, um, Raphael even had a post up that actually explained the hardware differences between the two. Really? Do you know what they were? Um, well, you keep talking, and I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. So, uh, yeah. So I was looking at Samsung Series 7, and, you know, just really drooling over it because it has exactly what it, what I've wanted out of a slate, right? The, to be able to use uh, an active digitizer, a Wacom active digitizer on the screen. Um, and also, it's it's a capacitive touchscreen, right? So perfect. It, exactly what I was looking for. Well, it just happens that in looking through, and I was looking at it on Amazon, and, you know, Amazon pops up, hey, this, you might like this stuff, um, you know, you might also want to buy this stuff. And also on the on the description of it, it shows this amazing Samsung Bluetooth keyboard. And I clicked on it, brought it up on, on Amazon, and it is exactly, exactly like the Apple wireless keyboard except that it's for Windows. Therefore, the keys are where they're supposed to be for Windows, right? So it has the Windows key. Control is is uh, in, the, in the bottom le- uh, left-hand corner. Uh, the Alt key is there. It's it just perfect. I, I get so excited. Unfortunately, Amazon did not have it available anymore. It only had it available through reseller for $150. So... I say, well, I mean, somebody else has to have it. So I do a Google search. Turns out CDW, which uh, I'm not sure if you guys uh, – I'm pretty sure it's a worldwide company. But just in case it's not, CDW is uh, basically uh, – they provide hardware for for enterprises. Um, so you know, they're the ones who will lease out the laptops and equipment and stuff like that. But they also sell direct. So they have these in stock. And I bought immediately bought two. They got delivered the very next day, and I set it up. And I am in love with this keyboard. It is, it's. I, I think they probably use the same manufacturer as Apple because it's exact same style, exact same size, weight, materials, everything. But it's for Windows, and I am extremely, extremely happy as of yesterday. Uh, but anyways, that that was a. A, a, a side note: the the big thing is that yes, I'm, I'm considering picking up a tablet, and I know we went back and forth on it um, yesterday, maybe two days ago, Jace. Um, but yeah, I, I do want the Samsung Series Seven. The only problem is that the Samsung Series Seven is thirteen hundred dollars. Um, you know, which I I kind of joked was was uh you know above my Insta buy, um uh, you know click the buy now button threshold <laughs> yeah no definitely i mean that's um <clears throat> that's been the biggest problem I and mean, that's why i kind of compromised and went with the iconia tab um because it's like half the price of of um windows 7 
tablets because generally they got PC um, hardware inside them, um, whereas the W five hundred is kind of really a netbook type hardware. Yeah. When once you get to PCs exactly. with Core i fives, you know the price really really shoots up. And for me, the the compromise on the W five hundred is the fact that it's below the minimum resolution that will allow two Metro apps to snap side by side. Whereas if you went for the Samsung Series seven. My understanding is, if I remember correctly, that it's got the, the resolution that, that kind of is above that requirement. Yeah, it's uh, 1366 by 768 res. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's I mean that's really why I was drawn by the Series Seven as opposed to because I know you said well what about the Konya and and you know it's definitely cheaper. I mean the Konya is something I'd definitely be willing to you know I, if that's what I went with I would I would be able to buy it now right. Um, but my problem is, is I, I want to be able to use this uh, as an alternative. So I mentioned to you I have a, a Boston trip coming up in April, and I, I'd really like to take this with me there without having to deal with something like a you know netbook powered uh, or netbook like um, processor. Um, and, and the Samsung is definitely not in the netbook class as uh, Core i5 Sandy Bridge processor. Uh, 128 gigs uh, of SSD storage. Um, I mean, it even has the that Intel technology. I forgot what Intel calls it, but it's uh, that you can basically wirelessly push your screen to a TV. Oh uh, yeah, um, no, I can't think where it's called. Intel Intel wireless <clears throat> display. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is a a, a full blown laptop. I mean. You could really consider this an ultra book without the without the keyboard, right? Um, based on those specs, but you know yeah. the price is the issue. Yeah, exactly. I think there is a keyboard for it. Um, I've actually put a link to um, Raphael's post um, explaining the differences between the two. But I think, like you say, really that that's the limitation that compared to your iPad, the Samsung's going to be a heavier device. Um, it's certainly going to be a thicker, bulkier device, but it is, for all intents and purposes, it's a PC with uh, built into a, a tablet device. And I know um, I've heard people talking. I know they were talking about it on um, Entertainment 2.0 that the worry is that Windows 8 tablets are going to be too expensive. And I think Windows 8 tablets that are PC spec will still be expensive. I can't, but I can't see them. You know, for a Core i5, I think you'll still be looking at you know in US prices. One thousand, you know, thousand dollars plus. I think where they will be cheap is the ARM, um, because you know it's, yep. it's cheaper hardware. Um, whether or not it will be the full Windows experience, and I know even I think Intel have got system on the chips coming out. And I think if those devices aren't as cheap as as iPad, even down to um, kind of uh, Android prices then I think that would be a, a massive mistake. But I think they will be. Uh, but I think also there will be the option of having a Samsung um, Series 7 style device and paying that bitch more. But you actually get, you know, the true Core i5 processor capable of video encoding and, you know, HD um, video, you know, sorry, Blu-ray video playback and things like that, which, you know, maybe the mm-hmm. ARM-type devices will be have the capability of playing HD video, but in some kind of compressed form instead of being you know true kind of blu-ray quality yeah so, uh, um, i'll be interested if you do uh yeah. if you do jump make the jump but um i mean i okay so here, here's the problem you 
You shouldn't have showed me that article, man. <laughs> I, I, I just read through it. Now it makes me – I still want to buy the Slate, right, because it's Windows 7. The the big draw for me really on the Slate is is the Wacom compatibility, right? I have this awesome Wacom uh, cross pen that I bought years ago uh, when I had my motion computing LE1600 tablet, uh, which I use for note-taking and, and a bit of design, which actually I just gave to a friend of mine. Well, I sold it to him, but I sold it to him for 60 bucks, so I basically gave it to him because um, <laughs> he has recently gone back to school uh, for, for art and design. And he remembered playing around with it, and he loved the – the varying, the basically the pressure sensitivity of the Wacom pen, right? It has uh, I think 256 points of pressure sensitivity, which for an artist is amazing, right? And so I called him today to follow up on it, and he's like, "Oh man, I love it. It's just like pencil on paper because he's able to do light strokes, he's able to do hard strokes, and it it, it picks that up, right? And so that to me is so attractive. And obviously, I'm not an artist." Uh, but I love to be. I love to handwrite notes once in a while. Uh, not necessarily notes. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a little insight into some other stuff that I do. Um, I, 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 on occasion, uh, write some poetry, do some songwriting, and for that, there's times where it's something about taking a, a pen to a piece of paper and and actually handwriting versus typing. That helps my creative process. So if I can do that, opening up one note on on this Wacom enabled you know tablet, and and you know start writing some poetry or some some songs, uh, as if it were pen on paper, but get the advantages of of obviously a, a digital copy, then that's perfect, right? So that definitely attracts me. However, me uh, now that I see the the differences of the which aren't major, right? And I don't actually see myself using these differences, but I would just love to have this developer Windows. Uh, I'm sorry, this build PC, right? So it has uh, a chip for Wi-Fi phone and GPRS connectivity. Uh, it has an NFC chip, which is pretty crazy. I I can't imagine. I, I mean, it'd be funny to go to you know 7-Eleven and, and bump this tablet up to the pay station. But uh, it also has a gyroscope, which I imagine, um, you know, uh, Windows 8 um, games might use, right? So that'd be a cool thing to have. Yeah, there was a big post uh, on and, that about sensors just recently. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have – so, man, maybe I'll just pick one of those up from eBay. Yeah, I think I think they are still available. Um, I haven't searched recently, but I think – I can't remember where – and some podcasts happened to mention that they were still on there, but um, but yeah, I mean, definitely for me, that's that's that was the the compromise, not only with the screen size, but also the fact that um, the Iconia W five hundred isn't a true um, modern tablet, so it hasn't got things like um, GPS chip inside it. It hasn't got you know things like the gyroscope um, and all that sort of thing. So um, that's the reason why I would at the moment say to people, if you if you can wait, then wait, because the, the true Windows 8 hardware will be far beyond what the current Windows 7 um, tablet hardware is. Um, my main reason for getting the W500 when I did was because I wanted to have a play around with the beta, um, but also knew with uh, with two kids, if I didn't spend the money then, it, <laughs> it wouldn't still be around in 12 months. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then here's my problem, right? It's going to be easy for me to justify it because I'm I'm getting um I'm getting my my bonus, my uh I guess work bonus, my annual bonus next week 
uh, next month, actually a week from today, next Wednesday, I'm getting my bonus, which this year, you know, luckily I, apparently I did well <laughs> at work. So it's, <laughs> it's a pretty considerable bonus. So I have, will have no problem covering the, the, the slate. And on top of that, a week or two after that, I should be getting my tax return, which is also going to be a considerable tax return. Um, so I, I, that's going to be a problem because I'll, I have a way to justify my expenses, right? It's not like I'll have to dip into like my, my regular pay or savings or anything like that. Um, but there's other things that I should be doing with that money. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's other things I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm hoping to buy a, um, a house this year. So ideally I should save that for a down payment, but uh, it's so hard <laughs> to resist. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I, one of the things I really hope that we'll see when Windows 8 comes out is is a transformer type device where, you know, you've got that thin um, or thinnish screen that you can just detach from the keyboard um, and, you know, really have that, that full-on experience. And I know you can get a, a keyboard for the Iconia, um, but it's quite expensive. It's almost like a quarter of the price of the, uh, the device. Doesn't the Iconia come with a keyboard? No, it, you can purchase it with a keyboard, um, but it, that was that was kind of beyond my reach. And to buy the keyboard oh, separately okay. is like hundred hundred pounds, so what's that about hundred and fifty odd dollars? So it just seems a bit bit ridiculous. So uh, that's one yeah. thing I would miss. And I know um, because there was I can't remember the name, but uh, someone on Ian's site was the first one to get the W five hundred, and he got the keyboard. And his one criticism was that because there was no battery in the keyboard, it did make it when you're you're just using it on your lap um, can make it quite uh, top heavy. Whereas I think with the the transform where you've got the battery and the keyboard and the the screen, I know Sheldon said it was quite nicely balanced. Yeah. Well, Jace, you, you should check out the the Samsung Bluetooth keyboard, the one that I just bought. I'll send you a link to to the one that I bought because it's awesome. Like it would be, it would be. Uh, I think per it, honestly, I think it's perfect for any tablet. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's it's awesome. I love this keyboard. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I'm actually I'm actually gonna buy. This is how uh, I, I feel so nerdy right now. I'm going to place an order for like another three of these keyboards. So in the future, you know, once I, you know, if I have, I, once I buy my house, my plan is to have a, key, a computer in each room in the house. I can have one of these keyboards at each one of those computers. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Actually, I'd appreciate that link because I had started looking on Amazon for, um, for Bluetooth keyboards because that, that was going to be my solution because you can certainly pick them up cheaper than you can with the actual with the actual keyboard and the, and the, the Iconias are quite odd in that although you can have got a proper keyboard, you can't fold it over like a laptop, like you can with the transformer, you kind of have to detach it. And then, then there's like magnets and clips that hold it together like a closed laptop. So, um, so it makes yeah. more sense just to have a, have a Bluetooth keyboard. But, but for me, that is the, the thing I'm most excited about with windows eight is the fact that it's got this dual, per, dual personality, um, that on the one hand I can use it with immersive apps for just browsing Twitter and you know general web browsing, but if I want to I can you know plug it in and fire up Word or whatever it might be, or you know if I want to do some work I can you know fire up SQL Management Studio and things like that without you know which is just if you wouldn't be able to do on a, on an iPad type device. But I think yeah. as, as has been said, I think the risk is though that Windows 8 might might become an irrelevant upgrade on the desktop because. Although it would be nice to have that Metro UI with all these live tiles, it's, you know, I think a, a desktop PC without touch is used in a different way. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. Yeah, the big so, the big test which I'll be interested to report back on the show is you know eventually I'll have Windows 8 on on our desktop PC and it'll be interesting to see how how my my family get on with it whether or not they're begging me to roll back or or they kind of adapt <laughs> to it so they'll be my guinea pigs. Yeah, but I, am, um, I have started looking at touch screen uh, touch screens to replace the current two screens that we've got, so that might be a, a compromise. Yeah, I just out of curiosity, I just looked up the uh, the Windows 8 build tablet. I guess the model is uh, 700T, and man, this thing's just as expensive. The the bidding is up to 1,200 right now. Yeah, I think they're 1,200 dollars. They're well thought after. Jeez, and it only has 64 gigs of, of space of storage. Here's one. The star. Oh my god! This guy listed it at sixteen hundred to start. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah. No, they are I, well maybe I maybe that. I won't be getting one of these. Yeah, we'll see. I'll yeah. I'll let you know what what happens. <laughs> but that, I mean, that is the difficult choice to make. The fact that yeah, that the Samsung would be a great experience, especially with Windows eight on it. But it's not going to be the full tablet experience that you would get with an with an off the shelf Android or or um iPad device. Right. Right. Well, uh, now that we have a date, I guess I, I got to get it before the 29th, right? That's, <laughs> that's going to be my deadline. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how, how it works out. Um, just really can't wait to put one note on there and start, start writing stuff down, but we'll see. Um, was there anything else to talk about, or, or do you think we could just wrap it up now? Um, yeah, there was only one other thing just to just to briefly mention, which I think um, was from actually last week, but we didn't talk about it. Um, was just that interest of T-Mobile in the UK have, have launched what they're calling the full Monty plan. We we keep talking about how carriers are getting more and more tight with their bandwidth allowances, and it's interesting to see a carrier actually take a, a, a completely different approach. And obviously, you pay for the pleasure, but you know, if you are the sort of user that needs serious bandwidth without any kind of caps, then, you know, it's it's good to see that carriers are offering that. I know there was a story that broke, I think, through the, the T-Mobile UK Help Twitter account. They said that they posted a tweet saying the speed was going to be limited to one meg. Um, but I believe they retracted that, and I think even that tweet got deleted. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Well, I know we talked about it with... Uh... <clears throat> Ian on the latest TDL show and, and, and brought that up and we had a small conversation about uh, whether or not unlimited plans were feasible at this point given the, the the spectrum crunch and all that so yeah give that a listen it, it should be out soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah no looking forward to listening to that on my way to work but no I think I'm done so uh... alright <clears throat> yep well I think that about covers it we we ended up uh, being able to make that a one hour show somehow. Not sure how, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget you can reach us mobile at thedigitallifestyle.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Jose Ortiz. I'm at Database Chase. John is at John Dickinson. Sheldon is at Sheldon W. Uh, and Ian is at Is Dixon. Um, and I think that'll about do it for us. Hopefully we can get uh, John and or Sheldon uh, with us next week. 
but for 102, I think that'll do it. Excellent. I'll catch you next week. All right. See, see ya. ya.